my younger self, what's your story? To my younger self. 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 What's your story? Good morning. How is everybody doing? It is so, so good to see you. My name is Zoe Baraka. Of course, the show is To My Younger Self, where we tell stories from our past that's going to propel us into the future. We are telling incredible African stories. The show is To My Younger Self. Listen, where are you watching us from? I want to hear from you. So go into the comment section, say hello, say welcome um, to your fellow audience or fellow To My Younger Self watchers and kind of just interact with each other, but also interact with me. Greet me in your local dialect. Say good morning, say hello, good afternoon, good evening, good night, wherever you are in the world, especially if you are from the continent of Africa, I do want to hear from you. Again, my name is Zoe Baraka. So, so, so good to see you. Hi, Ralia. It is so good to see you. Tell us, greet us in your local dialect. I want to hear your local dialect. And of course, I want to hear um, where you are watching us from. All right, my dear. Okay. Where are you watching us from? Let me greet you in a, a few local dialects coming uh, to us from different parts of Africa. I hope you are doing very, very well. I just greeted you in both Kosal and Hausa. These are languages. Uh, well, I speak Hausa very, very well, but not the Kosal. You know, I can kind of just coast along a little bit with the Kusal, but I can greet it. So I'm excited about that, right? Indinao to you, if you are Ebe and you are in the Volta region of Ghana or any part of the world for that matter, but you can speak Ebe, I greet you, I greet you. Thank you for joining us at Tisang Akwaba We are greeting you in the various dialects of the Akans, you know, Fanti, Achim, um, tree and uh you know a few others we greet you we greet you thank you for joining us so to you if you speak zulu okay to all of our south african friends as always we just love you guys thank you for joining us ibella to you if you kebari the moshis will say we greet you te oyo tang if you speak gum ojeko to you i greet you i greet you ikaro to all of our yoruba speaking friends out in nigeria really any part of the world as long as you speak yoruba i greet you ikabo to you nagadef to you 
for everyone who speaks Wolof. I love Senegal. I cannot wait to go to Senegal very, very soon. I'm very excited about Senegal. You know, um, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Jumbo to you. Habari Ghani. Habari ya Osubwe. Iyaure to you. I'm greeting you in different forms in the Swahili. Kotong to you. Amuhalang to you. If you speak Sesoto, I greet you. I greet you. Nyase Aloy Domelaki. This is a language my mom spoke and she used to just cut every morning I would hear her on the phone or with somebody that was close to her just going you know Africans we are just incredible people we love each other in that way we love to talk and we love to greet each other properly not just uh you know a mundane good morning you know we ask you like did you sleep well how are you how were your dreams at night this is the kind of stuff we do totally to you um to all of our fulani speaking friends if you are uh, speak for foldy i greet you thank you for joining us um bom dia to you if you speak portuguese bonjour to you bonjourno buenos dias and of course imaraba to you welcome 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 wherever you are in the world to my younger self welcomes you who is in the room let us see let us see beverly ross one of our biggest biggest fans beverly we greet you thank you for joining us it is good to see you lady juliet oh my goodness we have been following you online well i have <laughs> girl you've been traveling and doing incredible things my goodness i want some of your food this girl, man, she she travels in style. I love you, Lady Juliet. Foster, my goodness, how are you? See, I can speak every a little bit. <laughs> Christabel, I miss you, my dear. How are you? How is Ottawa? I know you're watching us from Canada. It is good to see you, honey. Thank you so much for joining us. Listen, today we are here gathered as African parents and African children living in the diaspora. Uh, there's a lot of you who also watch us on the continent itself. Today, we're dedicating the show to those people or those of us, because I'm one of them, those of us that live on the other side of the coin. Let's put it that way. We're going to simplify it. Um, if you had to leave your native country, be it Ghana, Nigeria, Senegal, Kenya, um, um, Mali, Togo, uh, Burkina Faso, wherever it is in Africa, and have had to go to another country in the West, most especially. Or even if you lived in a Francophone African country and moved to an Anglophone African country, it is always very different and a little bit of a struggle. Um, there's issues like uh, identity crisis going on. I was talking to a few people the other day, and I was saying, Sometimes I go through this feeling of belonging to no man's land. I kind of don't know exactly where I belong because when you go home, you're not necessarily accepted. And then when you're here or wherever it is you are that is not home, you're not necessarily accepted either. Whether you have a passport of that country, you're a citizen or not, it doesn't matter. The fact is that document just kind of legitimizes you so you can work and move around. But culturally speaking, you really do not belong. Um, it's a very interesting place to be in, uh, depending on what you're thinking about in your mind. It could be a great place to be in and it could be a bad place to be in. Um, so today we're bringing on a parent 
and an educator who is Ghanaian and also a, uh, a person who moved here when she was much, much, much younger and uh, is now herself a parent. So she has the, the, the gift or the insight of being on both sides of the coin as well. And we're just going to be talking about raising children or raising a family on the other side of the pond, as uh, you know, British people would like to say, across the pond, so to speak. So that's what we're here to do, just talking about raising children in a different culture and being a parent in a different culture. Okay, let me introduce our guest uh, to you. Again, we'll, we'll be telling a lot of stories in between and we're kind of just having a conversation. And if you have questions based on some of the things that the guest will say, please, please put it in the comment section because we love to hear from you. Our first guest that I'll be introducing to you is Dr. Vivian Yapo-Newton. She is an educator and a certified John Maxwell speaker coach and trainer with a demonstrated history of working with students and parents from diverse academic, socioeconomic, and cultural backgrounds. Believe you me, we had to kind of cut the bio a little bit. Her bio is packed, okay? With over 14 years of educational training experience and knack for making meaningful connections with individuals and an insatiable appetite for helping others maximize their potential, Dr. Vitt also has a BA in business management, a master's degree in school counseling, and a doctorate in education with a focus on culturally relevant instructions and culturally relevant classroom management strategies. Oh my goodness. Vivian is also a single mom to two amazing young men, uh, Kwame and Kwesi. Ladies and gentlemen, please, like we always do in the grand style of To My Younger Self, please help me welcome the incredible, absolutely amazing Dr. Vivian Yapo-Newton. Hi! <laughs> Can you hear us? Yes. Oh, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. Let us go on and introduce our second um, uh, our second guest um and she is yehoda adofio i hope i'm saying the the, the 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 last name right but it's yehoda adofio she is a Ghanaian born american a mother and a wife she has over the years developed a sense of understanding how african children being raised in a different culture for example america deal with identity crisis a self-appointed advocate for children who are thrown into a foreign culture and expected to thrive without any understanding and little direction from parents who probably do not understand most of the new culture as well, Yehoda is poised to share some of her experiences with us on today's show. So ladies and gentlemen, once again, please, please help me welcome the absolutely amazing and oh my God, you're going to love this lady, Yehoda <laughs> Adokyo. <laughs> Hi Yehoda, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I am doing very, very, very well. It is so good to see you guys. Thank you so much for saying yes and for being a part of this conversation. You're welcome. All righty. We are going to just kick it off. Dr. Vivian, let me ask you this question. You have been a parent in a couple of different countries, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
And I think when we were doing like a few dry runs and stuff, we talked about how we wanted to kind of make this a storytelling platform. So how about you, you do us this great honor and kick off the conversation. Tell us an incredible story about parenthood in any of the countries you've been in. And what was the cultural shock for you? I know there's many. <laughs> there's many. <laughs> I would say uh, the cult, uh, a cultural shock mm. for parenting because parenting does not have a handbook. So you're just doing the best that you can. Mm -hmm. So you are taken out of the, the pocket that you, you, you know from, right? From the way you were parented. Mm -hmm. So you take from that pocket. But then I realized that it's different. Mm. My kids are growing up in a different environment. Mm -hmm. And the style that I was uh, raised with, the parenting style that um, my parents used, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was culture shock number one. It's like the yelling, you know, just being frantic was not going to work with me because I was a single parent. Mm. And I didn't want my traumas to become my children's, um, you know, I didn't want it to become their reality. Mm -hmm. So I had to, you know, pull back mm -hmm. and see how well I can, you know, parent them. And it's, we are not being perfect in parenting. You know, we are making mistakes and we are juggling the balls and we are seeing how well we can do this. So, that was my thing. That was the first aha moment. I was like, oh, okay, this threats are not going to work. Threats like, <laughs> can you give us an example, for example, where you <laughs> may have made a threat in yeah, work? Yeah, the threat is some of the things that you, I, I, I uh, would think about is I would tell my children who had no ties to Ghana, right? I'm Ghanaian, but that doesn't mean that they are Ghanaians fully. Mm -hmm. I will threaten them like, I'm going to send you back home. <laughs> and my children will look at me like, where? <laughs> I mean, where are you going to send us to? Because I, I, I've heard other people say that, you know, mm -hmm. you, you just send your kids back home and mm -hmm. they get, you know, distracting them up or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I used to make those threats that had no value. It's, mm -hmm. it, it didn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I realized that's not how I need to parent my children. Mm -hmm. Just because I was parented a, a, a certain way, you know, I, I don't yell at them, you know, just, just be quiet and listen, you're a child. Mm -hmm. I have to have conversations. Wow. So those were things that I, I needed to work on. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't like, oh, I was just this perfect person. No, I was always dropping the ball and then mm -hmm. Seen, but one thing I do is I always learn. Mm -hmm. I'm open to learning. I'm 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 a lifelong learner. If I'm mm -hmm. doing making a mistake, mm -hmm. I I you know have conversations with myself, and I learn and I I see that I have to have conversations. It doesn't matter how young your children are. Wow, and that's something that I didn't have. Some Ghanaians may have. Mm -hmm. had conversations, their parents had conversations with them growing up, but I didn't have that conversation. Mm -hmm. I had, I was told things to do, mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't have a comeback or a conversation in the matters. Wow. Wow. So, Yehoda, let, let's take 
that up with you knowing that you came in as a child and you you know were in ghana for a few years before you came here what was the experience like for you well um as a child coming here mm. uh first of all i was like four so i don't know if that counts too mm. much because you know you're not aware of yourself mm -hmm. and um my family background just to be brief i'm the first child mm. of um my dad. I came here and joined my father, who had already remarried an um, African American. Mm. So all my siblings um, are from, and the lady who raised me is African American. Mm. So I didn't speak English when I came here. I spoke only Ghana because I'm a Ghana. So, um, like, even when we tell family stories, they'll say, uh, like, I only know how to say, <laughs> I only know how to say toilet. You know, and then um, I had to go to school. So the first I came in the summertime and this I remember clearly because when they say um, kids, they don't they won't remember whatever I I, I can remember. So I came and I um, didn't know any English, mm -hmm. but my father had to go to work. And then I'm home with my stepmom, who I refer to as my mom. Mm -hmm. um, and she only speaks English. So um, I had to learn English and um, then I'm going to school. So I can't go to, I would be going to school when school reopens because I'm mm -hmm. um, going to kindergarten. So I had to learn English and um, just for school and to communicate with my, um, my mother. Mm -hmm. And my father stopped speaking Ghana so that I can learn English, which it makes sense. But um, on hindsight, maybe, I mean, it makes sense. So I can't even sit and, you know, criticize it. But mm. that's what happened. And, you know, so I lost my gun. So I'm in a different culture, mm. which I don't think it was really a problem for me to adjust to because I was so young. Right, right. Then um, the African-American side, this we, we, we were um, raised in Newark, New Jersey. So my grandmother had a house. So we lived on the first floor. She lived on the second floor and rented the third. Next door were her in-laws who she was close to. So they were my, my aunts, my grand aunts or whatever. And the whole building was the first floor, second floor, third floor was family. So mm -hmm. they, I was just family. So even now when you ask them, like, how am I their cousin? And they'll be looking at you like, oh, our grandparents, our siblings, you know, so they don't even remember that I was implanted mm. into it. So for me, the whole cultural um, getting into the culture in America was not my problem. Mm. My problem was <laughs> now um, we go to Ghana mm. and I'm no longer the Nan. Mm. So my struggle was fitting into Ghana and not fitting here at all you know so you go back i don't understand gun at that time i understand stuff like question <laughs> you know by those <laughs> like things. those things right mm -hmm. but i don't speak gun mm -hmm. and you're in ghana and then they're looking at you like wait a minute uh you know that's not your mom but technically she is my mom mm -hmm. you know because she's the one that the woman that was there raising me so um then oh you think you're this you think you're that and no i don't think i'm anything so 
um, with that, my name became so, so me because I'm not a Ghanaian and I think I'm a Ghanaian. So I go to Ghana and they're like, they, they, they call you Obroni and then you understand Obroni means a white person. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute now, I'm black I'm <laughs> and I'm one of you. So my problem wasn't being accepted in America at all. My problem was being accepted in as a Ghanaian in Ghana. So um, my father, he raised us like um, everything um, Dr. Vivian said she wasn't going to do. Mm. I was raised, so I was raised Ghanaian. In I, America. Yes, in America. So I just knew that this is just, you know, this is my life. This is it. So um, for me, I think uh, maybe I'm a person that... Um, kind of like accept things and then goes with the flow mm-hmm. sometimes because some people want to internalize it and oh my god and the Ghanaians are treating me like this and this and that and at first yeah it's like wow I'm in Ghana the whole time I'm in America I'm saying I'm Ghanaian I get to Ghana and then they're telling me I'm a white person you know because technically when they tell you what Obroni is you is a white person so it's like you know, and then um, when I was in America, my my mother is like pro-black. They didn't have Black Panthers then, but they have this group of like Pan-Africans. Like if you in um, Ghana, you know, people who go to the Du Bois Center. Yes, yes. Those, okay. So my mother is like um, that type here. Even when she's in Ghana, she's part of that group too. So they have like Afros. They change their names for... Usually they say African names, but mostly it's like Swahili names that, you know, the meaning. So I went to this school. It's called the Chad School. It was in Newark, New Jersey, where the whole school was pro-Black. War uniform. Um, We never said the Pledge of Allegiance. I used to see it on TV. And the Pledge of Allegiance was something like on TV. You know, I didn't know it was real life. We sang the Black National Anthem every morning. We learned about... um, African history, so I can tell you like the the um, Malian Empire, the Sangay Empire, you know, Timbuktu, Egypt. So we learned black, 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 you know, black, black. And we didn't call our teachers like Mr. or Mrs. It was, I remember the the um, principal was Brother Lukman, right? And then all the teachers were Mr. This, Mr. That. Nobody in the school was named like Mary. I think we had like a James, you know, in my class, but everybody had, you know, these African-American names like Shaniqua and, you know, you know whatever, Chase, all I know. So they had these names that they knew the meanings of. They were proud to be Black associated with Africans. And then I'm actually an African, you know, so that's my thing. I'm an African for real. You know, y'all want to be one. I'm an African for real, even though I sound and look, you know, like you guys, but I'm an African, you know. So my whole thing was, yeah, I'm Ghanaian. I'm Ghanaian, you know, here my father talk. He has an accent. I'm Ghanaian, blah, blah, blah. So here I am, black queen. Oh, and then you go to Ghana and then they're like, oh, you're not black, you're white. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, so my problem was in Ghana more than being um, in America. So. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. This is incredible. (laughs) So so Ghana was my problem more so. So back then too in Ghana, um, I am, I'm 52. Okay. So when we went to Ghana and it was like, 
we would go in the summer times and stuff, but in 85, I was, was 85, I was 15. And um, like we, females in Ghana don't really wear shorts, mm-hmm. you know, so we know in the summertime you wear shorts, you know, yeah, and then like, we were doing things and it kind of make you like stand out because this is not what Ghanaians do and everybody's prim and proper. And not only that, I'm from Labadi. Mm-hmm. And we live in Labadi. My father's built a giant house in Labadi. So I'm seeing, it's like, I don't want to say bush, but you know how we can be in Labadi. Right. So we, we like, you know, a little bit. Yeah, this yeah. My, my people. And then you go to like finance classes, you meet people in Achimota and um, the um, Cape Coast schools and stuff. And then they're all like, you know, well, behaved. Yeah. Very well behaved and put together and prim and proper. Yeah, and then here I am living in Newark, New Jersey. I do sports. You know, I'm 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 not gonna say I'm a gun because that's insulting my whole tribe mm-hmm. to say like we don't act right. But okay, I'm from Labadi and we're in Labadi town. Like we're not even in Labadi estates, okay? So you're in the town town itself. Yeah, that's like like <laughs> not in the town where our family house is, but it's not far. Mm-hmm. You know, and then my father is the last born, his family is fishermen. You know, if it wasn't because of this fishing we would have never been to, um, he's the last child of 10. And he used to go with his older brothers fishing. And my grandmother was like, no, not her child. So there was this um, La Salem school. It was a uh, um, boarding school. Mm-hmm. And once you were in, you know, you can't leave. Mm-hmm. So she put him there, a big 10 year old in like class one, <laughs> he's like class president. So he's, <laughs> he's there so he wouldn't, so he wouldn't go fishing with his brothers in like Brown. So that's how education came to our life. So my family is really like, like we're like out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I meet these people and then they're all like, oh yeah, you know, and yeah. And then it's speaking English in there. And I'm like, so I was a yo-yo girl. Ah. So not only am I white, now I'm yo-yo girl. And then people oh, like, yeah, their children around this girl. No. So with me, I had really down to earth friends who accept me. And that brings in like um, my I had my my two greatest friends in Ghana has been um, Reggie and Sasha. Mm-hmm. Reggie's father was a designer, of course. And he was he he allowed like expression of the arts and, you know, freedom and stuff. And then I was you know, I was into rap and stuff. And so he's into rap and stuff. So that was my friend. They lived in Labadi and then Sasha Arthur. And she's a, a free thinking, you know, person. So, you know, back then in Ghana, you couldn't have dreads or you were like, um, did they say you were, it was Mami Wata? You had the dreads and the snake. So people couldn't do dreads and yeah. all this stuff. And she, you know, she had Afro. She, so she was similar to me when she was raised in Ghana. So um they kind of made me feel better. And then there's so many more, you know, people that um when I went to Aquinas classes, then they were accepting of me, but they were kind of like they were kind of like rebel-like people, none of like the real prim and proper, you know, people. So that's my my experience is the um like what she's saying. She didn't want, yeah, we got yelled at. I yell at my kids. So um, there's some trauma is good because we always want to be like, oh, no, you know how we were raised. We're not going to do this. We're not. So 
like even in America now, you have so many people who like the 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 iPhone generation. They don't know how to clean. They don't know how to cook. Their feelings are hurt. They think that if they're on the sporting team, they deserve to be on it. You know, deserve the play. They don't have to earn it mm -hmm. because nobody was really on them. Mm. So I'm on my kids. So like when she was saying it and I'm like, oh my God, I'm that bad parent. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Not at all. I, so let me, I, go ahead. Yeah, not at all. I understand what you're saying. And mm -hmm. what you're saying, my kids experienced that when they went to college. Mm -hmm. They were not accepted by the African-American community, nor the Ghanaian community or the African community because they are in the middle. They, so mm -hmm. what you're saying, I understand. And the parenting part, we all have our traumas and you don't know my story. Yeah. So when I say I had to change my way of raising my kids, there's a reason behind that. Yeah. You will know one day because <laughs> my book will come out so you will know my story. So it's a different story from that. Not that I wasn't strict on my children. Believe me, I raised two sons. Oof. And to raise two sons in America, and not getting suspended from school once, not getting to, into trouble once, mm. and getting into their top colleges and doing what they're doing today as a single mom, the African in me raised them. <laughs> so they had that. But I was talking about the trauma part of our journey. Mm -hmm. Anyway, what you're saying is so true because mm -hmm. when my kids went to college, they couldn't find which black um community they belong to oh my god you see because when my my older son was happy to become part of the you know the harvard law um black student um african student something it was called yeah. and he was like send me i was sending him outfits every time because they're doing this he was he was all excited then he didn't ask me the second year of law school for so I was like, hey, aren't you guys doing your stuff? It's like, he, he wasn't telling me. Mm. You know, later on before, it's like our our brothers and sisters from uh, the continent, when they meet our kids here, it's like, oh, you don't speak the language. How can you call yourself a Ghanaian and you don't speak the language? And what they? So they, they do that to you in a way that it sh you, sh you get shot you in yeah so there it, it's not like we're welcoming okay so let's teach you or let's you know bring you in mm. it's like oh you you are obroni my mm -hmm. son is as is darker than me and he's obroni to them you know because he doesn't speak the language mm -hmm. so i understand exactly what you are talking about it's not only that it happens in ghana it happens, it happens here, here too. too so and then they can't even then they they, they can't find the world they belong to mm. because in the African-American yes. community too, they, they don't, don't belong, mm. you see. So I, I truly understand what mm. you're saying. Wow. And then, you know, too, back then, um, when I know, like, my kids don't understand when they say, like, oh, African booty scratchers. Like, I was... <laughs> I, was, I, was I don't you understand. Know. Can you please explain no, that? No, no, listen. Well, it's, I'm not going to really, you off, but a, a student... When I was teaching middle school, a student called me that. 
What? Yes, yes. It and doesn't mean it anything. Meant. It's just like just saying you're an African booty scratcher. Just uh, it's just a, I guess, something that they used to insult if you're from Africa, and that was back then. Because I now, really now, what I understand what that means. It's just a booty scratcher. <laughs> so you know when they show it. us. You know when they show. Um, nowadays they don't do it so much, but back then they oh for thirty five cents a day you can feed a child in Africa this, and then they show with the flies landing and they they're, they're scratching. They're scratching. So we're African booty scratchers because that's what they saw. So, um, like I said, I was part of the era that they ushered that in because actually, um, you know, there were not when we went to New Jersey. Now in New Jersey, every other person is a African Nigerian mm -hmm. or Ghanaian, basically. But there, like I knew, we knew the African group, and we grew up like my father's friends and their children, we grew up calling ourselves cousin. Mm -hmm. It wasn't till we were older that we realized, wait, y'all are Akans. You know, now we know the difference. We were just Ghanaians, but now we're older. Like, how are we cousins? You know, and then, so we still call ourselves cousins. We all have kids, you know, and things. And um, uh, our uncles still come and do our events. Like when my brother got engaged, those Uncle friends mm -hmm. um, were that the, the head family, but yeah, now it's 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 like fashionable because here I am, my lips are big. There's nothing I can do my forehead. <laughs> so I went to Chad school and then I left Chad school, and in like sixth seventh grade and went to a normal a, a regular private school that's not like pro black. Mm -hmm. And before, like I said, there was no problem with my identity. Like I'm. Right. You know, I'm I'm, I'm African, African in an African place, and people have names. Nobody questioned my name because everybody else has, you know, quote unquote weird names too. Mm -hmm. But so I go to a regular American school, and now we have the James, we have the Marys, we have the you know, and Yehoda. What type of name is that? And then my father will come into the school, and my father is very, very much a gun man. So. He's speaking with his accent, um, his accent, and now they're like, "Oh, you're one of those African booty scratchers," because probably <laughs> it's funny, but it's really not funny. Yeah. So, um, Jerry, stop. So I, um, like my kids have. Excuse me a second. Don't worry about it. It's okay. My my um my children, I I. My, my my kids can tell you they come from um um you know Accra, uh their tribe is gone from La, you know, we're from Nibo and Kwawe, this and this. So they know if they get to Ghana and like my daughter, she's called Nashida. Like, don't play with her. Hi. So, Hi. Say hello, baby. Hello. So, what you doing? Hi. I just love this. This hello. is part of the show now. <laughs> What's going on? Oh Lord! All right, well. you know, um, I'm we're part of MQF. My family is part of MQF family, so a Zoom thing. I think she feels it's, she, she has. Yeah, this is it. Yes, mm -hmm. but um, like my my kids, I I raised them. You know, they're um, they're they're proud. They say they're Ghanaians, even though really they are Americans. You know, and um, they tell everyone they don't even say they're Americans. They say they're Ghanaians, mm -hmm. you know, and they're from um, 
Labadi wear gongs, you know, whatever. And then they speak their one, two, three gong to people, you know, and showing off. And then um, like the cultural things, they they like wearing their things. Don't let it be anything that has to do with pro-black. Jerry, stop, please, baby. Let me finish. Thank you. So they um they they do they they do think their friends come, their friends will always want to, you know try fufu, you know, banku. Um, my, my, my daughter's teacher, the, they live down the street and the sons always come here and eat. Mm. This boy, if I say I'm making stew, he's, he's going to find his way here and he's going to have stew, take it to the house. Crackers. Okay, baby, get crackers over there. Go get it. So the, um, <laughs> crackers. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait. No, don't apologize. This That's is okay. your reality right now. That's okay. So, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Dr. Vince. Yeah. So, um, they, the teacher asked her, oh, you're from, um, you know, Ghana, because you know the kids, her kids eat here all the time. They're, her kids are mixed, and she's the white person in the mixture, the teacher is. And so she, in school, said to um, my daughter, she was like, yeah, so what things do they cook? Um, your, you know, different societies, whatever she was saying, but she, the question ended up being, so what does your mother cook that Americans will find weird? And so my daughter's sitting there like, and she was like, elephant? <laughs> and this lady really believed it. And she's been telling like other clients, so how I got to know, one of the kids came and was like, oh, okay, you know, um, the, do you, when you cook elephant, um, can you, we want to taste it. And I'm looking at them like, what? And then my daughter was like, wait, what? And she was like, do you have Miss Belser's class? She's like, yeah. She's like, so you weren't even in my class when I said, she was like, yeah, she used you as an example. And she said that um, you all are from Ghana and your mother cooks elephant. So these are the things that people will want to believe. Where am yeah. I going to get elephant from? The African market is selling elephant now. <laughs> how, how? I want to show... So I will be proper and prim. But how in God's name does a person cook elephant in America? Where do we get it? Where do you get elephant? But then it's my daughter's fault because no, she was like, she, mean, she didn't know the teacher was going to be serious, like take her serious. But and I then, think she was just being cheeky. Yeah, she was. She but which, can't which afford is, to be yeah, because they're ready to believe everything. Everything. So, so yeah, you know. I, I, I hear what you're saying because I've been a school teacher for 14 years, but been in education for 17 years. Mm -hmm. And I have encountered questions by students, but I take it as a teaching moment anytime they ask those questions mm -hmm. and those, they say those things. My older son used to just, you know, be cheeky with people when people ask me I was questions that you wouldn't think like, how long did you take you, take you to get here from Ghana? And my older son would say, my mom used to be a child soldier, so we had to escape. <laughs> and I keep telling him stuff. You know, just so I, I, I get the chicken. Because some of the questions, you wonder where people get their information from, you know? So anyway, just to get back to where why I'm here. So mm -hmm. you are talking about you being an African child and mm -hmm. how you know finding your foot in with the Ghanaian people. Mm -hmm. You're proud of your culture. 
and me raising my children here mm -hmm. and you know trying to find the balance between being that mom you know that african mom and also making sure that my children um are balanced mm -hmm. you see because I became a single parent when my kids were like your kids right now, right? Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of trauma in our journey. Mm -hmm. And if I, as a single parent, all I did was yell mm -hmm. at my kids all the time and not have the conversations and look them in the eye and mm -hmm. have those conversations, this is what I said you're not going to do. And you're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. I would lose and I took the same thing to into my classroom. Mm -hmm. I will not make a young person in my classroom look dumb or yell at them or talk to them any kind of way because I'll lose that. Mm -hmm. I'll lose that fight. Mm -hmm. Then they will misbehave the more. Yeah. They will make me look bad. You know how it is here in America, right? The young people in class. You do that, you lose the fight. Mm -hmm. Normally, I pull them out of class. We stand outside of my door and we talk. Mm -hmm. And I tell them when we go back in, I expect this behavior change, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. I had to I had to do those things. I have to find different ways of bringing up my kids in a way that um, they can trust me when they left home. Mm -hmm. Because as a counselor, let me tell you what happened to one of our Haitian students. Mm -hmm. She did not, she met, missed the school bus. Right. Instead of going home, if she was comfortable, she could have gone home and told her parents, I missed the bus. They could take her to school. She started walking on our main, um, our highway. Mm -hmm. 17. She right. walked all the way into our highway to walk to school. Mm -hmm. A police found her and brought her to school. And when we questioned her, she said she was afraid to go back home, oh my you know, to tell her parents that you have to build that relationship between yeah. you and your children, mm -hmm. that they'll be able to trust you and not be afraid to come to you, mm -hmm. right? That was something that was missing when I was growing up. Yeah. I'm not going to tell Definitely. my mom nothing, yeah. forget it. Mm -hmm. But you want to build that relationship. So when they're on a college campus, and something is going on, they can be able to call home and say, mom, are you up? Can I talk? Mm -hmm. You know, my, my sons will do that all the time. In the middle of the night, mm -hmm. they will call. I will walk them all the way to their dorm on the phone and until they get in. But it's because I build that relationship of trust, mm -hmm. you know? They can come to me knowing that I'm not going to tell the whole family. That's something we do back home. Yes. Order. When 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 you do something, I tell everybody. Oh, so you tell one person, and then no, that person tells the other person. All the aunties know. So your children are like, no, no, no. I'm not going to tell her because then auntie so so and so and auntie everybody is going to know. Mm -hmm. So then they don't come to you. <laughs> then you go to their friends, mm -hmm. and do you want them to go to their friends really? Mm -hmm. So these are these are some of the um, uh, we we raise our kids to be strong Africans, and at the same time we want them to be vulnerable to come to us. Mm -hmm. 
not to be afraid. We are not those African parents that they have to be afraid of us and they, this is what we say and this goes. We have to have that, you know. So we are balancing it now. Mm -hmm. Our parents did the best, they, they are best. They did the best they know how. They are not wrong at all. They, they've helped us to realize who we are. But now that we are here, so those are some of the things that I have found. You know, I have students right now that I work with that um, are, are struggling. They are in college, but they are struggling with their immigrant parents. Yes. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us some of the struggles that they're going through? The struggles, maybe yeah. Would, yeah. Would, you know, jump in at a certain yeah, yeah. If you remember anything that, not, not in your story, but if you know, because you're an advocate, mm -hmm. if you know of some of the struggles, you can also okay. share. Right. Well, I I know um, what my father was an educator and so was my mother. So, you know, and they spoke English and stuff. So my um, like I said, mine was a little different. But what she's talking about, because actually, even though you asked for my biography and I missed the assignment. but <laughs> okay, nurse, And we got it good, right? We did. Good. Yes, yes. I'm a nurse by profession. I've been yeah. so since I was like 23 and um, I've always had other jobs. But recently, because my twins. um. I have special needs and I felt it would be better to work in the school system because like, I'm not that parent that you're just going to do what you want to do with my kids, you know? So I'm very hands-on. So I decided to, now I'm getting into education. Right. So um, now I'm doing a um, degree in education. So um, I do, I was living in South Florida where there's a lot of um, Cubans, a lot of, um, Haitians, a lot of Jamaicans. Right. Um, the Cubans and the Haitians um, children, they can, like she's saying, can come to school. Like there's nobody to help them with their homework. And then sometimes you have to rely on the child to translate. Like if you have a parent teacher meeting, especially if the child is misbehaved and they can start, um, the, the child is the one who is um, in trouble translating. Mm -hmm. So then I'm like, wait. You don't even know if what they're translating, especially the right if they get in trouble, is the right thing. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff like um, my we're we're a military family. My husband's in um San Diego, and part of like they you know a lot the military does volunteer stuff and all that. So there in this school is a like a Title One school, mm -hmm. which Title One becomes Title One school because there's like this basically based on the economic level of the majority of the students. Mm -hmm. So if you have a place where there's a lot of foreigners mm -hmm. and being in California close to the um, border, um, a lot of the Mexicans come in. So even though they work, they can't say they work. Right. You know, mm -hmm. um, because they they don't have papers. To work. To be there. So <laughs> their schools now become a Title I school and they are... Um, their, their children are in the school system, but um, since the Syria thing, there's right. a lot of the, a lot of you see a lot of them in like, um, so now there's Arabs, mm -hmm. is like Haitians, is Spanish speaking, and they they are in school because their parents know if they're not in school they're gonna get in trouble. Mm. But that's like the end of their if they do their work, they do it. If they don't, they don't. Mm -hmm. And the children, um, the, the parents are out there working and trying to, you know, make a living that some of them come from, and even I can't say some of them because I'm included, come from a country where 
some of us, like in the villages, education is not the priority. Mm. So if they're coming from a um, culture like that and they're in the classroom, they're only in the classroom because the parents know in America you get in trouble for your kids. You know, 911, your kids call, you know, so that's why they're in school. The parents like could care less. So if you're not a self-driven child, you know, and then if you um, if you want to misbehave, you can because who's going to stop you? Your parents hardly have time to come to the meetings. And then if they come, they don't understand what's going on. I believe the children are just <laughs> spinning stories, you know, and saying whatever they want to say. And at the end, the parents like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. see, see, and then they I sign know. the paper. So, but I will say this on their behalf, a lot of the foreign students are not the problem Mm. a lot of times. So culturally is different in, like I'm saying, the school in California, because it's almost 80% of the school are from a different culture. It's good for them because it's like, I'm not going to say we're all, we're all, you know, they they all come from a different place, so they find their groups of people and they understand that they're all different. They're not Americans, so it's kind of like they get along mm-hmm. with each other, but not with the Americans so much. So it's like the Americans are a minority in that school, and they have to kind of accept people's culture because America, for being a country that started with people from all over the place, they are very not cultured. Mm-hmm. Very not inclusive of people, not from them, and then they feel they know. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you do spend your time. Because I I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell them like, um, and and I feel free to speak because I'm quick to tell them like, yeah, I was raised amongst you people, so don't ever sit down and be like, oh, Africans, um, don't they look down on um, uh, Black Americans because they think they're smart? It's not that they think. We are smart. <laughs> yes, let us write an essay now. And then don't let an accent make you think that people are stupid. Mm. Because accent aside, oh, put those books down. Yeah. You know, so I'm proud now. I might not be a product of, you know, Ghanaian, um, what do you call it, education. But I still can talk on your behalf. Put, put yeah. books down, you know. Uh, after, so you hear an accent and you equate that with being stupid. Mm. When I, I talk, speak English, write yes. English. Yeah. Accent does not equate um, intelligence, intelligence, right? Yes. Because me having an accent just proves that I speak a different language, mm-hmm. and you that you speak one language and you can't even speak yes. that one language. Mm-hmm. So accent does not. And it's also the it's the flippant nature in which. I definitely had a lot of cultural shocks when I came here. Um, one of the shocks, I, well, it's not a shock, but let me tell a story since we are a storytelling platform, was um, I was working at the pharmacy and this older gentleman, he walks up to the counter and I'm helping him. Well, what's your last name? Because that's what you do. What's your last name? What are you picking up? And he looks at me and he says, you speak very good English. English, yes. And yes. I said, Thank you. But you know how you say thank you, but with the question mark, I don't understand why you say that. Because at this point, I'm way past 30 years old at the time. 
I'm in America, of course I speak English. Like I don't, what else would I speak? But I didn't voice that. And then he says, well, I used to speak in the Bronx. I taught in the Bronx for about 30 years, you know, and I did this and then I said, okay, that's great. But then he goes on to say, you must be very proud to live here. But the live here was not live here in America. It's live here in the burbs, as in, in the suburbs. Suburbs. Because, you know, if you're in his mind, because I am this color, I am automatically African-American. Yeah. And I should live in the Bronx or <laughs> in another place that yeah, is yeah. not the burbs. So I must have worked really hard to get here. And my boss at the time, she knows me and knew my mouth was going to fly. So immediately she says, Baraka, can you? And I, only God. Yeah. Because again, yeah. you cannot fathom who the person is that you're speaking to. So this is a melting pot of situations that we have. It's Americans not being educated properly. It is our own people also not being educated properly because believe you me, right now, some of my, my you know, uncle friends and auntie friends, they're not like necessarily family, but when they get on the phone, you know how when you call home or your father or your mom calls you, whoever is at home, they just go, oh, this person is here. Here's the phone. Talk. Phone. The, the, the boundaries. That, that's and when boundaries like, comes in. Um, who we, this person I'm speaking to? We don't know mm -hmm. boundaries. <laughs> but they would always say this thing to me. Oh, as for now, dear. Saudi Oyo Brunio. We've lost you. How? So it's a melting point of situations that we're talking about. But Viv, can you please... Um, Talk to us about some of the struggles some of your students are going through from different backgrounds. Because now yeah. I'm suspecting it's not just a Ghanaian problem. No, it's, it's not. really it's an not. immigrant problem. Yeah. It's a See, problem of people living from different countries, countries. who find themselves here. Yeah. And also the other question is, because I know both of you have traveled extensively, is this something that happens in other countries, especially European countries, for example? Um, Maybe you take one and Yehoda takes the other. Yehoda, where have you lived in Europe? So that I... Um, I lived for a long time with my kids nowhere in Europe with them. Um, I've been a nurse in, um, in England. Okay. And we lived in Japan. Though. Okay. But we lived in Japan under um, the military. That was the forces. It was still... Yeah, we 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 were with military children, but um, here, my um, if I can tell a story, mm -hmm. go ahead. Yes, tell a story. There's a mil you know, there's there's a Ghanaian military mm -hmm. family here, and the guy just brought his children in from and his children and his wife in from Ghana in November, mm -hmm. November of last year, and um, the daughters, you know, in Ghana, the kids speak English. So the daughters speak English good. One is six, I think, and one just turned five. Mm -hmm. um, so the six-year-old is quiet, calm. You know, in Ghana, this is where we can see the cultural difference. Mm -hmm. um, the in Ghana, you're you're respectful to your elders. You just don't. 
like you don't talk anyhow to them you know you talk you so and then they're from not from our crime mm -hmm. i don't want to say they're from a village because i'm not sure but i know they're not from our crime and um so we know that the outskirts have they're more humble you know yeah. so I think, and even the father himself, he's very soft-spoken, you know, humble comes. So I don't know what he told her when she goes to school, but when um, he was telling me that the teacher keeps saying she needs extra help in English and blah, 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 and all of this stuff. So he let me read the messages and I'm like, but this girl speaks English, you know, and she speaks it fluently and she speaks, um, what I guess is one of the icon languages that right. I don't know where they're from, but she speaks that fluently. Mm -hmm. So I said, when you go and ask the teacher if you can have a meeting with her, and if you don't mind, I'll go. Mm -hmm. So we um, went. I went with the two parents, and when we first went, um, she asked the mother her name, and she said Judith. So the teacher had to ask the mother, the Ghanaian mother, her name like three times before she understood what she said. Okay. And then she started talking about, you know, the child, she doesn't really respond when she's talking and she's always quiet. She doesn't know if she's comprehending the English, blah, blah, blah. So then I said, I'm going to give you an example. All right. When the mother came in and you asked the mother her name, the mother had to say her name, which was Judith. She wasn't saying it was Mami Ya or Yehoda or some a regular English name and you couldn't understand it because she was speaking with an accent. So you having this child coming from Ghana, you speak it different. Look, mm -hmm. you speak it um, different. It's the same English. Someone from Texas, because when I first went to Georgia, I'm like, are we still in America? They don't, so it's the same English, a different accent. So imagine a child coming and you're just speaking, you know, she might be, but she knows English. When she speaks to you, you understand what she's saying. She writes it, everything, and it's okay. So how are you now judging her that she's not comprehending? And I said, it's her culture, maybe not to just talk, you know, out loud. She's soft-spoken, you know, this. So you all don't even learn cultural diversity. As a, that's why I was just going to say she needs my dissertation. That was yeah. all that I did about class. Yes, that's what I was telling her. So then yes. she was near surprised. Yeah. So now we're going to bring in things that you know you know, but because you just, it's easier and you're going to assume that she's African and doesn't know how to speak English. You gave her a test to make sure she didn't have to be in English as a second language class. So you know she knows how to speak English. So don't try to play this now. Don't try to act like she's slow. Don't try to act like, you know, any of that. So you can enunciate when you speak to her, maybe speak slower until she picks the accent. It's just a different like accent. someone from Texas. Yeah. You don't know what those people in Texas are saying. Never. <laughs> no one is judging their intelligence, you know. Yeah. So a lot of times people have to face it because culturally, you. I'm in a classroom, this education class. I'm the only black person. There's one other lady Hispanic. Everybody is white females. Mm. So, and then they're all like 22. Yeah. You know, yeah. 23. So they have no background yeah. to choose from. And then the teacher keeps using Spanish as the other culture all the time. Because, oh. and then, so I said, there are other cultures besides Spanish, you know. Mm. So you all have to get to know more to understand your students better mm. so that they can get a better education instead of you focusing on them 
not speaking English to your requirements, wow. but they're passing those classes though. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I did my research on culturally relevant instructions, mm -hmm. because in the classroom, you know, we have all these different students, mm -hmm. right? From different backgrounds. And when Americans think the only other culture is Hispanic, or and then when you come from somewhere else, then you do not speak English at all. So they will hold your child back. So as immigrants, we have to be really, I know most of our, you know, um, uh, friends who watch, I know you are all educators, so you know this stuff. Right. You have to stay on top. You have to meet with your children's teachers. You mm -hmm. have to attend uh, parent-teacher meetings. Mm -hmm. Please do not just not attend. Take time yes. off from work. And yes, she just don't, 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 you know, be. Don't leave it to chance. Please, don't, don't just say, yes. oh, unless you ha you ha you're doing surgery, like my, mm -hmm. my our dear friend, Dr. Finn, unless you have <laughs> surgery going on, that you, you saw, you're saving a life. But mm -hmm. even if you are saving a life and your husband is also a saving a life, have a friend go. Right. on your Please behalf. always go to those meetings so that the teachers can see who the parent is, you mm -hmm. know, and speak on behalf of your children, ask questions because... This in education, we, there's bias, a lot going on. And then when we have accents, you know, the, it. Listen, my maid, uh, maiden name Yakpo, mm -hmm. right? When I went to England, the British people used to call my dad Yakpo, so I like that better. You know, they just broke it into two Yakpo. So yes. I love that, right? So here in America. I'll go to the hospital or somewhere and they'll be like, you see how Nigerians will have their long names and they don't care. Yes. They yes. will let you pronounce it. So Ghanaians, yes. we have to be proud of our names of as that. well. Yes. So I'll, I'll go places and they'll be like, I don't want to mess up your name. I said, you can. Well, let's just break it down. Yak. Oh, now can you say it? And then the person will say, the person will find me a little weird, but then they'll say it anyway. I said, was it, was it that bad? It wasn't, right? right? Because their brain tells them immediately they see something that they are not familiar with. They Instead just of them, no, and it's 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 the the intentional switch that brain off that oh mm. I don't know what it is, but they could see Czechoslovakia and they don't I switch the brain it. off. Yes. And all that. They will not switch their brain off, but if it's an African name, yes. oh, I, I can't pronounce it. I said the same way you can pronounce all those other all names. Those. Isn't it can make yes. the wow. effort hmm. to pronounce that. So I'll tell them, I said, so when I'm teaching, I tell students, be curious. Hmm. Don't ever hmm. think, oh, I don't know what this is. If you don't know how to pronounce it, ask me and I will help I you and you will, you will learn something new. But don't just turn off your brain and say, oh, okay, I don't know what that means. So right. mm -hmm. look at my children's name, Kwame. People call him Quim. Quim. <laughs> and Quincy is Qu Quincy. Quincy. Where is the you and the, you know. Yeah. Where, where are those, you know, where, or those say, can I just call him Kwame? I no. said, no, it's Kwame, yeah. M-E, like me. So why, you know, so, but they play with us like that. They wouldn't and tell. And we them. allow them to. Yes. Well, some of us allow them because right. my mm -hmm. name is Yehovah.
Oh no. Uh, oh, she froze. She, yeah, Yehoda, you froze. But just before yeah. she comes back on, I yeah. had that situation too, right up until Barack Obama came. Oh, yes. Yes. The moment Barack Obama came on, my name became wonderful. Fancy. But before that, I would have them call me Barbara or <laughs> Veronica, <laughs> Barabara. Never the real name, like never, you know, um, and I had to spend a lot of time. And even when Barack Obama came, they would always spell it with a C. And I would say, or they would not add the A at the end and they would say Barack. And yes. I would say, no, it's not Barack. It is Barack. Being who I am, I would take time to tell you the etymology of the name, yes. where it comes from the Islamic connotations, the biblical, right. and then they yes. would just get upset with me. But it is Baraka. It is not Barak. Yes. It is not a C. Mm -mm. Oh, so are you Jewish? No, I am African. So it's those conversations, you know, but Yehoda, just before you left, you were about to say something and I just jumped in. Oh, I was saying my um my name, Yehoda is simple, even though it comes from the God word Yehoda, and then they've shortened it to Yehoda, Yehoda. but it's my name, Yehoda. And I didn't think it's so hard. But then, oh, do you have a short form? No. Do you, can, we, can we call you? Do you have another name? Oh, yes. When I give you that name, make sure you say it. So it's Nayeli. Oh, okay, Yehoda. Oh, all of a sudden is a magic. Because how are you going to ask me if I have another name? Do you have another name you use? So I do tell them, this is my name. The only other name you call me is Nayeli. Mm. And if they don't like that one because it's worse, you know, than Yehoda. Mm. And here we go. And then okay. your last name, Adofio, mm -hmm. even though because I got married and it's brown, but all my kids have Ado, 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 because mm -hmm. it's only the, the last two that's, mm -hmm. you know, since I've been married. But it's like, it's Ado something. So I'm keeping the Adofio mm -hmm. with my kids, the three older ones, and I'm not going to tell you brown. Because you want to call me brown and make it easy. No, you want to have no. <laughs> no, we we have to we have to teach them. I mean, you have to advocate advocate to our African parents. Yeah, I know most of the people on this platform already do, but advocating for your kids is important. Advocate. I I yes. when yes. I march into that school when my kids were younger, I I would not take any other name. Mm -hmm. They, I made those teachers pronounce, pronounce them. and their names are so easy to pronounce. And you can tell them the meaning. So for me, the other strategy I developed yeah. was to go further because if you strike up the conversation and you say it's Baraka, and also I, I go a little further and I mm -hmm. say, actually, the full name is Baraka too. Mm -hmm. Okay, And then so. I'll tell you the real meaning of it. Mm -hmm. Baraka too means the daughter of the T-U at the end is just biblical. It's like in the Bible when you say Joshua bin Nun, mm -hmm. meaning Joshua, mm -hmm. son of Nun. Mm -hmm. Barakatu means Baraka, daughter of. Yes. It's biblical. It is Islamic. So I take a step further and I teach them that. Then they go, oh, that is very interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and suddenly when they meet you the second time, they know exactly who you are and what your name is. And also they get more information. And I take it further. I say, if you can spell or, re or say Shahar Azad, 
which is, you know, yeah. <laughs> a, a story from the Arabian night or something. And if you can say Adagio and Tchaikovsky, you I know. can say Baraka and you can say Barakatu and you can say Zoe. So it's, you know, do it together. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's, it's, um, it's them paying attention to you because when somebody cares about you, they remember your name. They 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 try to learn your name. It's mm. it's having those educators not just push your, you know, taking role and then they get then they have their own uh, nicknames that they give our children. Mm -hmm. Make sure your children are not given any nicknames at school. Wow. You know. Yes, the teachers do that. They'll they'll be like, okay, I'll just call you T. Because oh, wow. whatever the name is, is so I just call you K. Mm. No, my name is not a letter. So mm. <laughs> tell your children if that happens to let you know their names. I had a friend who whose children have Nigerian names. And uh, I remember she said one of the um, teachers was like, and the, the son was Chike. He said, can we just call you Chi? He said, no. no. No, <laughs> she is so, different. <laughs> yeah, so you have to be mindful of those things, you know, in the classroom. Mm -hmm. But it's it's very in interesting as um, African parents in in America, you know, going back to our uh, conversation of you know just finding the balance between our children growing up here mm -hmm. and growing still holding um, their heritage, mm -hmm. you know, being. Africans as well as being Americans. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the only country I've lived in that you check boxes every day. Everywhere I go, I have to check a box, you know, that the, when I was in Germany, I was just Vivian from Ghana. You know, I was just, you know, Vivian from Ghana. And even in, in the UK, you're just Vivian. Vivian from Ghana. From Ghana. And when I was so proud when the Germans would say, so uh, where are you from? You said Ghana. I said, oh yeah, I was here. Because at least they know where Ghana was on mm -hmm. the map. I'm not saying nobody else. <laughs> We're not going to go there. Gonna this gonna conversation. Go there. But they at least know. But here in Florida, I'm from Guyana. I'm from everywhere else. But Ghana. Yes. Ghana. Yes. So you are checking this box. You come to America, then we are all in the same boat. So they yes. dump all the black people from the Caribbean, from here, from Africa. You're all, be, you become Africa. one race, you know. But I think yeah. we only have the human race, but we'll not go there. No. Today's not <laughs> the day. Not a conversation. <laughs> but <laughs> you bringing that up, I have a, a, a little story when I first got here you know uh you know your student you and i think i told you the story during uh the dry run but i was gonna go and you know open a bank account and i'm very excited about that like you know you're a little student bank of america going to get an account and of course all these boxes so they have caucasian spanish and i think it might have been asian or something and then african-american and I sat with that paper for a very long time. I was like, um, I, I am none of those people because I'm not African-American. I am not Caucasian, obviously. I'm not Asian and I'm not Spanish. And this guy who was helping me open the bank account, he says, can I help you? And I say, yeah, I don't know how to answer this. And I think in his brain, he must have thought, oh, maybe I don't comprehend because he kept looking at my skin and going, what's the problem? 
Well, the problem is I'm African and there is no box for me to check. I have no African box. He's like, oh, African-American. And I said, no, I have nothing against African-Americans. A lot of my very good friends are African-American. I'm just not one of them. I'm African. I don't. And I, of course, you have to check something. So I checked African-American. But, and then now they have the derived version of African-American or or African decent. Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes they have that. So so you see how tricky this whole thing is. So we get here. And so the white people today get here and they all become... Caucasian. Caucasian. They are from, you know, Eastern Europe. Wherever you're from, they lump you. They lump us. Mm -hmm. They lump the Hispanics. Mm -hmm. You know, wherever they are from, Colombia, wherever you're all lumped into one. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 tricky, you know. So when when it comes to our children, when they go to school and things like that, we have to be very mindful. We have Mm -hmm. to stay on top of it staying on top of them but our kids are de- dealing with a lot, a lot of, of things stuff out there so mm-hmm. when i'm saying that we have to parent a little differently mm-hmm. it's not that giving them a slack at all mm-hmm. but the, the trauma that is out there for them like this morning i woke up a friend was sharing on their parents um uh page for page. college mm-hmm. a, a student you know nearly committed to suicide with the mother or just they are dealing with a lot of things that we have no clue about we mm-hmm. have no clue we have no clue we can we can say okay this is how i'm gonna parent but when as your children are growing the parenting changes mm-hmm. you know things are changing and they are dealing with a lot of pressure and a lot of things out there when you have daughters they are dealing with body image they are dealing mm-hmm. on top of education so mm. there's a lot going on with our children that conversations have to be mm. had at home mm. you need to find a way to have conversations mm. and you need to find a way to parent them in a way that you can be um telling them what to, you know you can be able to tell them how to lead their lives in a way that is not this is what you're going to be you're going to be a doctor and that's it Mm. You know, and not have yes. the conversation. See, where is what, what where gifts is that talent? Where is going? You know, what kind of gifts and mm. things like that? So, and we don't have to be in this competition that we normally have. You know, African parents we are in because Zoe's child is going to medical school. My child has your child has to go school. to medical school. You know, yes. we have to be in that competition. Maybe my child is a writer. Maybe my child is a soccer star mm-hmm. so those are the things that African parents we have mm-hmm. to i had to you know i remember when i i my, my older son was good at science so of course he has to be a doctor that was one of the things in my head and i tried to look for his senior year i went to one of our hospitals here and got him a summer uh internship mm-hmm. and he walked into my room with with you know his with tears in his eyes he's like mom i don't want to be a doctor Oh. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. So quickly, I, I was like, I had to recalibrate. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I was just helping, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so I was just helping. But at that point, I was like, okay, let them explore, especially if they're doing what 
they are supposed to be doing. Mm. Just keep on praying and helping them, guiding them along, mm. and trying to be authoritative because we live in a different country. Don't yes. forget that in this country, these kids can get a job and they can catch you out. Yes. If you think I'm lying, I have people who have gone through it. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. So they can catch you out. In Ghana, because we don't have anywhere to go, just you kind of stay with your parents until yeah. you, know, you have I a hear. job or you're married. Yeah. So you for the girls. Yes. Yes. So you have to be careful and you have to set boundaries with mm -hmm. them, you know. And as they're growing, you're setting boundaries. I didn't know my, my mom still doesn't know what boundaries is. She comes to visit me here and tells me what to do. <laughs> because that's her generation, right? I'm like, Ma, I'm living in my own house. So she's still telling you what to do, which is okay for us, right? Mm. But then we come and have them here and they know boundaries. Mm. And they know, you know, so we are not afraid of our children. I'm not saying that at all. I don't want yeah. my African aunties to come for me. I'm not saying do not discipline your kids. I'm just saying, listen to them, have conversations because there's so much going on. I work at a college. The suicide rates are too high for our college students. Is, is, it, is this prevalent in the immigrant community, for example? As well. And, and, and the Asian community is really huge. Yes, because you know, go ahead, go ahead. The the um Asian culture yeah. is like that type of stuff is um if you know about the Japanese, um I don't want to say it's like an honor, but it's like the harikari or yeah yeah like um conventions and that's the first thing they always go talk to. about. I'm gonna kill myself. And yeah, it's more honorable, and I'm like okay, uh, but um so, yeah yeah well, they, they fail a test. Uh, they mm -hmm. go to college and. That's why I'm saying conversations are important. important. Therapy is okay. In our communities, I know we don't, we don't like talking to other people about our issues, yeah. but if your child, you had your child here, they have a different way of thinking. If mm. they want to go to therapy, it's okay. Let them talk to somebody else because it, when it's coming to finals, that's when you hear all the suicides happening. Oh, wow. When it's coming to finals, I have lived through the, I've, I've coached my own children through it because when my younger sister was in MIT, the first semester, six students committed suicide. And so what does, what do you think that does to your child who is classmates who is with those, you know, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So they're dealing with all kinds of stressors mm -hmm. outside mm -hmm. of your African kingdom. Mm -hmm. So you have to be open-minded and have conversations. And if you have any college students, please, please join the parents groups on Facebook. That's where all the drama is. That's where you hear all the stories mm -hmm. because those parents share a lot and you get information on, mm -hmm. you know, what is going, you, you take which ones you take, not everything you take, but, mm -hmm. you know, so we, we, we need to be very, very protective of our children by listening to them, mm -hmm. by talking with them, by having those conversations. It's okay to fail a class. It's okay. You know, it's not like we're Africans, we can fail. We, we, you know, no, it's okay. But find out why you failed that class. How can we do better? How can we move forward? Mm -hmm. You know, so conversation is very important. Mm -hmm. You know, when my mom was here, she'd be like, this is your children. They call you too much. I said, yeah, because I told them it's okay to yes. call. 
yeah. you know? and then you you allow them to grow up expressing themselves. Yes. And that's what people don't understand um, a lot of times, even whether regardless of what your um, your background is. But I guess being a Ghanaian, I was raised Ghanaian. Mm. They're going to call me a brony, whatever. But mm. I was raised because my father did not play, did not play with anybody at all, especially mm. us. So he's big on the respect thing. And then I go to Ghana and I, I learn it. You know, I, I learn my culture. Mm -hmm. And um, there's you I incorporate like um, American things, things that I've went through because I played sports. I did. That's the only way I could get out the house as a student because mm -hmm. um, it's African is home. Um, you do your homework, you know, then that's it. You don't have a, a you're not, you know, happy running outside. This, this, you know, so that's what I knew. But if I did a sport, I'm allowed to. Um, right. Mm -hmm. And then soccer and who was the coach? My dad. So then I had to be, yeah, like the best player. But aside from soccer, they really didn't come to the games, you know, ask me anything or whatever. So like I said, I was doing it more just to be out the house, out the house. You know, and then um, socializing and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, I noticed that there's a, a lot of. I'm going to say Ghanaians because that's my focus more than anything else. But a lot of times Ghanaians do not allow their kids to do sports and stuff. And it's like everything is academic, academic, but everyone is not built the same. Yeah. You know, like my, my son plays um, American football and he plays baseball. Mm -hmm. he, um, he, he wasn't the best student in high school. You know, so I'm like, okay, what are you going to do after college? You can go um, join the military. You can do A, B, C, D, but whatever it is, you're not sitting in the house. Right. And he was like, oh, out the blue. He said, oh, I, I want to go to college. And I'm like, he's never spoken about college or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Oh, wow. So he wants to go to college. And I was like, okay. And then I was talking to my brother. I'm not insulting my son. It's between us here. I'm like, this boy is going to go waste my money in college and no. fail. Oh, my God. So I was like, he worked and he got a football scholarship. You see? To, and then um, the first year he was, the first semester, because the um, athletes go before the rest of the school. So you have all the football players. And he was 17 when he went in. So I actually had to sign the coach right. as guardian Form, yes mm -hmm. because they have to do things and he needs a guardian to sign it so um he's he's young and he's kind of a, a reserved person his his look and his behavior is different mm -hmm. so um he is calm reserved he plays hard you know everything and he he would call me every day because it got to a point I'm like can't this boy get some friends <laughs> you don't have to call me and talk to me for you know but I'm also the one that taught him don't go and join a group just mm -hmm. to belong you know so you can be yourself you can find the friends that fit you fit you yeah yeah because he's like he's he's if he was not my child the same with my daughter they'll probably be very diplo. You know, like, like they'll be real Ghanaian. So I'm proud of that because I'm like, yeah, these people are the real Ghanaian. You know what? Passed over me because I'll, I'll stay in it. 
I might be more like a bush girl than a girl. Right. No, you're not though. Yeah, you know, but you know, with my I know what you mean. You know, yes. and stuff. So they're more like, you know, they're like, so I'm like, yeah, I raised the damn kids, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> but um, I would teach him just to be yourself. Don't try. Yeah, it gets lonely, but then you don't want to have a friendship mm. that ends up like, why was I friends with that person? You know. So I always tell him like, take his time. Do so. When he plays in, like, when he when he was on the defense, that boy will chase you down, and he is if he puts his hand on you, you're done. That's yeah, he's gonna tackle you. So they started saying, "Oh yeah, isn't his mom African?" Oh, that's why, because in Africa they chase lions. My poor son has never seen a lion unless we went to a zoo here in America. But okay, if that's so, he's strong because he's an African. He can chase the um, players down because you know in Africa they chase lions. Someone mm-hmm. who has not lived in Ghana yeah, except for yeah. visit, but and then I'll be like, okay, if that's yeah. how you see the Africans, that's how you see them. I got more African kids, you know. So when we come on this team and we knocking you down because you know that's how I talk. Which <laughs> is the African part of us, and but it's true though. We mm-hmm. we physically because if you look at the history of slavery. Mm-hmm. They came to Africa because first when they were, you know, when they went over to America, they took the indentured servants or um, the indentured servants were the ones who were in jail, you know, in prison. They let them out, the white ones. And then as they were serving their years and time passed out, then they need someone. Then they got the American Indians. The American Indians were not having it. They need those <laughs> and they were running away. Mm. So then... Oh, we're in Africa. These people are strong there. You know, yeah, and then there. if you go according to history, it was like we were selling each other. But if the two tribes went to war, when you go to war, you're not bringing your weakest. Mm-hmm. You're bringing your strongest. So whichever side loses, it's a win for the the people buying slaves because you're still getting the best of the oh, other the tribe. tribe. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then when you're going on this long trip, the people who made it, were they us. were physically, you know, fit. So when they came here, now when you see these athletes and, oh, the Blacks are dominating, you brought the best out of West Africa or wherever, and you brought them here. And then you inbred them, mm. and then now you have this hybrid of, you know, so this is what is us. But we're coming from Africa. Our kids are, but, like, um, Africans or Ghanaians don't really have yeah. their kids involved See, in sports. Just you have to because academics. yeah, and other things because we do other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and, wow. and like, my kids were not athletes, but I put them in everything. They were they, they could have been Michael Phelps if they wanted to because mm-hmm. they were in swim team mm-hmm. and everybody will finish the swim team. They're gonna kill me, but I'm gonna tell the story. <laughs> When people are done, my kids are starting, okay? Mm-hmm. But they will make it, and I'll be yelling, and I'm, I'm, I'm by that word, I'm like, yeah, swim. <laughs> you got this. Everybody's done, and so the whole place will erupt into crazy, crazy. <laughs> my poor kid is struggling. And... <laughs> but he did it, though. Hey, we, we, we did it. it. And then they tried um, lacrosse. My son never, the first night, his junior year, he scored a goal. Mm. I mean, 
everybody was so happy for him that the the team that he they were playing against they were even happy everybody was just happy furious. we still have the ball to today i need to put it in a case because the the coach signed it and gave it to him oh good so i put them in, in the sport anyway they were in soccer when people are going left they're going right it's okay they, i was i called myself the bench mom because they never played my kids right they put them in when we are winning Mm -hmm. But it was okay. They they yeah. wanted. They, they were part of something. And, and when I'm driving, <laughs> when they win and I'm driving them home, my my youngest I used to be so happy. You'd be like, "Oh, we won!" And in my head, I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> "But they were in something." So they, they were in something. Up. So we had, you know, we we having all this conversation today was just conversation about, right. you know, that we had we touch on different things, yeah. you know, about you know advocating for our kids, talking with our kids, raising them to be Africans, but at the same time we are raising them to be oh, compassionate, to be kind, and to be communicative with us. So we've we've shared a lot today. Yeah. I know. So we thank yeah. you. So what me. I'm picking up is. Uh, <laughs> since we are a very African platform, and yes, we tell stories from all around the world, that we're an African platform. So for all the African parents, um, is this one, like you said, be very conversational with your kids, um, to let them, you know, find themselves, because fortunately or, or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, we really, at this point, if you live here, whether you were born here or you came here, uh, you kind of are in no man's land. You have to create your own reality in this space you find yourself. Um, for those of you who are readers, they say that America is a melting point of all cultures. We found that is not exactly true. So educate your friends, talk to your friends, especially the ones that want to know, right? You parents will teach your kids how to educate their friends about where they come from. But not only that, let it be a give and take affair so that if your child is talking to their friend about Ghana, they should be curious enough to ask their friends where they come from also. For example, I didn't know this. I just, for some reason, I thought if you're an African-American and you live in New York, you must be from New York. That's a very, very mm -hmm. terrible way of thinking. Yeah. So recently, I've been really asking my friends, so where are you originally from? You know, because some of them will say, oh, well, my family is in Detroit. My family is in South Carolina or, you know, so-and-so. And then you find out more about your friends that way and you realize that the african-american story is as diverse as our story is and they have also gone through some very deep identity crisis as much as we're going through there has to be a point somewhere that's what storytelling does right that we tell these stories so that we're bridging the gap as opposed to widening it um, we're not african-american but we are african and they're not african but they are african-american um, and so on and so forth so let's have the conversations and please let them not put our kids in boxes you know, let them play the sports and let them read the books and let them do the acting and uh, you know 
yeah. visual arts and all that stuff, eventually they'll find themselves. I'm one of those people. It took me 35 years to realize, man, I like to talk. I'm just going to be a talk show host. It took me that long. But however long it takes your child, please, please, please allow them to explore as opposed to putting them in boxes. Um, every once in a while, you kind of do have to get a little aggressive. I yeah. I understand that. Mm -hmm. I get that because sometimes it goes past you wanting to educate another person into aggression and disrespect. Mm -hmm. Even in that season, I think all parents should teach their kids how to handle the aggression and grace. Uh -huh. I can be aggressive, but grace, a graceful aggressor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but <And> so, <laughs> go ahead, Vin. Yeah, I was going to say, when you talked about the melting pot, I heard another scenario about that, about the salad bowl. Have you heard mm -hmm. that? Yeah, the salad bowl. Um, America is a salad bowl with all kinds of you know different you know vegetables or whatever you know. So it's okay you know for us to be different, but we are all in this bowl and we make this salad, right? So yeah. it's okay to be different, and you know we are not all, we we can melt together because I still want to have my Ghanaian heritage, yes. but I live in America now. What is here that I, I can add to enhance my life here in America, right? But I'm not gonna melt into becoming something that I'm not. That I'm not, yes. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I thought we should probably touch on real quick is bringing kids here. You know, like Yehoda, when you came, you were four. But now, how about when you bring a child who is already a teenager, teenager, who is already, they've had friends where they are, they've had people in their lives where they are, and suddenly they're, they wake up one morning and they're in a different community altogether. If, in your expert opinion, what should parents of children like this do? Of course, conversation is important, but now there's they've passed that they've literally lost everything inside of like a week and they're in a different culture altogether as africans i get very weary of that because you're still trying to guide them and train them the old way you were doing a week ago and they're in a different environment and you the parent yourself, you're lost. Um, from an educational standpoint, Dr. Viv, what would you say? And from a parenting standpoint, Yehoda, what would you say? Anyone can start first and we're about to go. Yehoda. All right. Um, uh, I've seen mainly two different, you, you have um, the parents come from, um, Nanette says she does not want extra onions in a salad because mm. <laughs> of the salad you were talking about. She's being about. funny. Nanette is just being funny. <laughs> um, you, I get it, though. You're funny. <laughs> you, you, you have some parents come with their children over here. And, and this is what I've seen. Um, sometimes the parents don't even really know the American culture. Yeah. And yeah. they... Yeah. They they tried and not that they were um, I don't want to say like Bush or anything, but it's like they they just don't know it's not their culture. Mm -hmm. And then they come and they have um, the, the the children who are older, especially middle school upwards. I see that it's the is harder because you do have the child that 
is raised away. And when you're young and they make fun of your accent, I've seen um, uh, like the, the, the little girl that I was saying she came, mm-hmm. it was last year. Her accent has changed so much this school year. You know, so it's, it's quick. You have the um, the middle school age and above, your accent kind of sticks. And you know, middle school is kind of bad because it's children going through puberty. Mm. Um, children as a whole can just be so stupid and mean to each other. Mm. So you have a child come in and the parents are oblivious to what is going on, you know, with their child getting um, teased because of an accent. You know, and all of this, and part partially, um, besides my children having their special needs, is the reason why I want to get into the school, and I really want to focus on middle school because middle schoolers can ruin your whole life, your mm-hmm. whole educational life, your whole life. They can bring you, you know, down and stuff. So, I like I want to be there for some students who just need a little boost mm-hmm. that they might not get. You know, you can see these things. So. Some parents don't know and their child is suffering it through, Mm. you know, and um, if you happen to go to a school, if you the the predominantly white schools Mm. are a little better. Really? Because the white people will see you like they I think they see. I don't know how they see them, but this is just what I'm thinking. They may see you like you're already different. They do respect Africans in that way respect african-americans wow that's from what i've seen they they do if you even in colleges if you're from um if you're black non-american you do get very um they they they're interested in your culture and Mm. like colleges and they'll ask you questions and invite you because you're different Mm. but when you're a black american and then you have to be the proverbial, you know, I'm, I'm this, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm too cool for this and you don't really mix with the white people. Mm-hmm. But when you go to a predominantly black school, mm-hmm. or middle school or lower economic level schools, they seem to be the worst. So your child is going through this, you're working, trying to make it and the child may not talk to you. And sometimes not that they can't talk to you, but they know that we're stuck here. They want to go back, you know, like um, then, you know, the child is lost finding themselves. Then you have the ones that come and their children do try to fit in and they become they they try to lose the African trying to fit in. Then they're like ashamed of their parents talking mm-hmm. you know, and their parents come in. They don't want people to come to their house because they want to separate from the Bad. African mm-hmm. part, which is causing the problem because mm-hmm. it's the part that you're straight from Africa, that's your problem, not necessarily because you're black American. So, um, like I said, I've seen too, that the child will just be like, cool, calm, mm-hmm. you know, even you can come from a disciplined family, but inside you're like hurting, you know, because you don't want to tell your parents, you don't know what to do. You just want one person to sit there and be like, you know, and on the flip side, that was me going to Ghana you know, you want somebody that's not labeling you as Obroni or this yes. person who's yes. different or you're her friend. They're, they're your friend because um, you're different from them, mm-hmm. even though I'm a Ghanaian just like you guys. So, like, my life has been, I want to be a Ghanaian because that's what I am. I'm working in Kolebu and I'm speaking my Ghana. 
I have the, according to them, is very horrible. And they used to really, like, I've gotten darker for some reason. I don't know. In Ghana, I was like lighter or something. I don't know. But they always um, push me to um, being a northerner because I guess my, I was lighter and my gun. So I spoke gone like I was from the north. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a gun. Like I'm right from outside these walls. You know, like my mom is from Bukon. My father's from Labadi. I'm a gun. I'm right. speak, I'm speaking good gun. I don't know what y'all talking about. <laughs> you know, and then you're trying to fit in. So then people are curious and interested in you because you're different, but not just because you're a person. And you want someone mm. just to like you because you're a person, you know. So to be honest, the first Ghanaian group, like the first, first Ghanaian group that like um, I felt it just took me like me was MQF, you know, so wow. um, that show is just a show and yes. it's just music or whatever. But like people in that group, they don't care what I am. I don't Ooh. think they care. You know, the ones that reach out to me, that talk to me, I'm just a regular person. You know, wow. and like that's all everybody wants is just to be accepted, you know. But these um Ghanaian parents sometimes they feel, let me bring my kids here, and then you don't help them to get into the yeah. because yeah. you don't even know because yeah. you raised a Ghanaian. Like I tell people, if you see a Ghanaian and or African and they're proud in Ghana, we don't have to feel little to anybody because everybody is black. So if anything is, I have more education or, you know, I know people joke about I'm in this school and I'm in that school and, you know, um, gay hay is better than holy child or holy child. Is but it's all in good. No, no, don't stop that. It, but it's it's never malicious. Those are not malicious. <laughs> I'm in this group and I don't know, and you guys, you know, I love you, the dancing queens and everybody. <laughs> I don't, but you know, the schools, you know, and it's not, it's not like a bitter feud, but you know, it's just, um, it's just, you know, the, the thing that they good do. Banter. That's it. But you still accept each other. But, yes. you know, when um, you're here in America and then you, 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 you're a Ghanaian, but then you're in Ghana and you're an American, but it's like, where do I belong? I don't, that's yeah. why I'm saying yeah. my name means so much. And now I've seen there's a lot of people named Yehoda. I'm not going to say they were named after me because probably half of them I don't know. But my name is someone put up there. They didn't know Yehoda was a Ghanaian name is Yehoah, which is God and Da, which is big. God is great. So my father shortened it and made it. So my name name is, you know, my name is. So when people say, what's your name, Yehoda? I don't even have to say my last name because um, it's not indicative. I'm not according to, you know, in Ghana, I'm not really a Ghanaian. You know, here I'm 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 American until I say so, I'm Ghanaian. Can I ask you why did you shorten it to Yehoda? Maybe that's my name. My name, is, my name is Yehoda. But oh, he got it from but it's oh, Yehoda. Yeah, he got Yehoda. it. Yes, okay, that's okay. the origin. Yeah. And he yeah. shortened it. So my name is actually yeah. Yehoda. So people oh, I guess okay. so I've heard people with those names and stuff, but um is is just you know, you. Mm. I guess the parents think you're coming to give your child the better the life. Best. You mm. know, and that's a good, good um, 
you know, you want that for your kids. You know, yeah. even me and being in the military, like yeah. I'm thinking my my son, my oldest son, we were in Japan. For, we were in Florida. He went to high school, ninth grade. We were in Japan. He went to high school. So he went to three different high schools. So in my mind, I have to think, is this good? You know, how is it going to affect him psychologically? You know what? You know, so I built for me, I want to build strong kids regardless of where you're from. We always wave the Ghanaian flag everywhere we go. They know where the names, you know, and like my daughter, for example, she's in the STEM program. She's smart and people. Oh, yeah, she's um, this skinny. She's skinny. This skinny um, African girl, and she's a nerd, this and this. So when she comes to me telling me this is like in first, second grade, and I said, well, this is what you do. You tell them that they're fat and stupid because if you're skinny, being African, making you smart, they're fat, and then they're stupid. Because no! they're smart, you know, so then the teacher, I get called in the next day because my daughter said this, mm-hmm. and I said, when they were calling her a nerd or calling her skinny or she's African and using it as an insult, it wasn't a problem. Mm-hmm. So now that she's calling them fat, they called her skinny. The opposite is fat. What's the problem? Because you're not going to give my child the complex. Mm-hmm. You know, I want her to be proud. So if she's going to have a complex, your child is going to have one too. Mm-hmm. So call me skinny. You're fat. I'm smart. Okay. You're stupid. And then that's and you keep going. So if you want us to have a good day, teach them to leave her alone and let her be. So I do teach my kids to be like assertive just right. because I'm your mom is an African and people might see it as a negative. It's don't let that deter you, you know. So use that to rise up. If they want to say you chasing lions and that makes you strong, you know what you do. Every time someone has the ball and they're not on your team, you knock them down. And make sure when you knock them down, they stay down. Oh, you're teaching them violent? No, I'm not. I'm teaching my kids because my kids are my problem. And they're going to be successful if it's the last thing that I do. You're not going to give them a complex. You're not going to make them feel that they're African so that they're not up to par. You know, you're not going to sit there and say, you saw my son Max the other day. Yes, I did. Yes. That's how he is. Oh, yeah, the Africans, they have muscles. They don't have to work out. Well, you know what? If that's what you think, this is what it is. And then now we're going to make it uh, um, a positive thing because what else? If what I am, you're going to use it against me. You just turn it around. So I'm going to take that power. So you can't use it against me. You know, so raising kids is like not even, and I always, Talk about it on the flip side, bringing them here. You know, the parents don't really know what's going on in terms of, you see some of the Ghanaian girls, like I see them, their homecoming pictures. And in my head, this is too, like, the way they're dressed is is too grown for that age much. But the parent around white people make up everywhere. So their child is doing it too. They're not my child. I can't say anything. They haven't asked me, but I see that that you want your child to fit in, and you allow them to do things. Yeah. That maybe they be. they're having fun. Yes. yes. And then you have the when you go to Ghana, the people who send their kids to Ghana. If I can get all of them and give them not when you send your child to Ghana to live with people, and it's not you. Unless it's something extreme, don't do it for convenience. Yeah. I will always always say that. Mm. I have a friend, I have friends, you know, we talk to, 
they lived at some other places and their parents brought them to Ghana to, to live without their parent. Right. And you think you're sending money to Auntie this to take care of your child and it's an, and you're walking mm. and Auntie's children are getting a ride mm. from the money your parents sent to look out for you. Right. If and I'm a strong believer, like my kids will stay with me. If I am poor and broke, yes. and they have to sleep in the car while I go to work, yeah. I will be poor and broke, and they will sleep in the car. We are staying together as much as we can, even when we can't. We're still staying together because yeah. the love you give your parent, your um kids, kids. no yeah. one could even. I I'm a yelling parent. Yeah, um, I have. <laughs> Keep going, Yehuda. Yeah. I have this, mm -hmm. and I threaten them with it. I hardly use it but they see this and they run away <laughs> they know. I do threaten, you know i do threaten them with it but mm -hmm. the thing is is that um i can do it and then later on i'm talking to them and someone else can do it mm -hmm. and they do it the the heart in which they're doing it it's not a, a good you know a good heart and the children right, can right. tell and you have some you know that i have one one particular friend i'm close to and her story of being sent back to Ghana, mm -hmm. they the um, relatives not using the money for her, and she's struggling, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you're here one day, the next day you're somewhere else, and then you have to fit in in Ghana. And back then, nowadays I think is easier because social media makes things more popular, but is is hard, mm -hmm. you know, doing it the other way. And then you have to sit there, and a lot of stuff that you go through as a child you know a child you're finding yourself you need your parents guidance to help you through you know but you're trying to figure out life you're trying to get good grades in school because they're going to post it up on the board and you don't want to be last you know yes. and then you're you're trying to be accepted you know and it is all this confusion so people who come out of that i believe like they're very strong and hey. you know, it's not always like you know, I came out of it and I'm a doctor or I came out of it and I'm a lawyer. No, I came out of it and maybe my job is just, I'm selling kenke, you know, maybe I'm a kenke seller, you know, whatever. But my kids are, um, I'm focusing on my kids, you know, I'm focusing on them because I've lived, I have more life to go, mm -hmm. even though they think I'm old, but I have more life to go. I, I do things with my kids, you know, I enjoy with them. Everybody knows that when she does, mom comes to cheer. You know, you were with me on the phone the other day when the yes. shooting coach called and she's saying, you know, I have to come and do this. Yeah, I'll do my part with them. I'll try to be responsible because kids learn more vicariously. Mm -hmm. You know, they learn through your doing. I can show them, look, clean this kitchen. I'll wake my daughter up. Didn't I tell you to clean the kitchen? It's 10 o'clock. Oh, well, you should have cleaned it at mm -hmm. nine o'clock, yeah. you know. So they know that, yeah, I'm friendly with them. We laugh, joke. Their friends like to come over here. I yell at them too. I give them chores. If we're on MQF, they dance too, you know. So they like coming over here. And I realize it is a family thing mm -hmm. going on. And a lot of people don't have that family thing. So to so leave your child somewhere because you feel, let me go work and I can make more money. In the big scheme of things, Money is good, but it is not, not best. the best. It is not the best. So make money, but don't neglect your kids. So they're struggling on their own, you know, to make it. So now I'm, I'm into I'm into kids now.
even though I'm not really, I don't like kids that much, but (laughs) I I think the kids and their survival, you know, sometimes just a little, a little something. I've noticed that I noticed it with my kids, friends, when they come over and I'll just say something and be like, well, nobody ever told them that. What? My, My daughter's friend, she wants to eat French fries. Well, go fry it. And she's looking at me crazy. And I'm like, why? She said, I don't know how to fry it. Girl, you're in high school. You say, how do you not know how to fry French fries? So here's the French fry lesson. And she told the kids, so they see me, oh yeah, you're she does mom. Yeah. You taught Riley how to fry French fries. And I'm thinking, what? Is that even even a thing? But to them, their parent never took that time, but you're here and we're not going to be like, oh, it is a white girl. Let me do this. No white girl go in the kitchen and fry the French fries. You know, so, you know, so they, I, I like, like I said, it's the developmental, maybe me being a nurse or whatever, but is that I, I just believe that middle school age, they're so it's wicked to very, each other, they're yeah. so mean, and that really shapes you because you come from elementary school and you see these sixth graders are lost mm-hmm. and then they start being mean, they start being whatever and mm-hmm. all of that. So anyway, I'm talking too much. <laughs> no, no, I, I figured let you go on um, and, 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 bring out the topics because our producer just said we need a part two of this conversation Um, because as you were talking I suddenly got a jarring memory too Um, I did the same thing all my parents did the same thing with me you know living with other people for you know every vacation going to different boarding schools and you know migrating from the north to the south and then going off to other countries it's very, very tasking. And you are right. That age group, kids are just mean. Um, and so I've had the benefit of experiencing it back home between tribes and ethnicities and then experiencing it in other countries, being an African in, you know, in, in a predominantly non-African community and stuff like that. So it's a very interesting conversation to have and something that we we kind of have to really hone in on, like how to have those conversations. If you are getting, um, you're planning to travel to another country, either for marriage or for betterment of yourself, and you already have grown kids, what should you do as an African parent? Should you give them the option to want to be with you, for example, or should you let them understand the system they're about to get into, what to expect and what not to expect and how to behave and how can the parent recalibrate themselves? You know, because suddenly you're not within a place where you can go and say, oh, my cousin is going to take care of my Mm -hmm. kid whilst I go do a quick errand. Um, If you have little kids, you have to think about babysitting and and, and the money it takes and who are you going to trust your child with in this new community. It's so much more going on. It's a lot. What are the things your own kids are thinking about when they're losing their friends, you know, and and losing their identity? So I really just wanted you to to keep talking. You were not talking too much at all. Uh, Viv, this is one of the longest running conversations. I know. There's three of us. So I will just very loaded. Wrap, yeah, wrap yeah, it up. Wrap it up quickly, but we will come back yes, another time. But yeah. I uh, taught uh, middle school and then became a counselor there for a long time. Mm-hmm. I hear people say, 
nobody went to school to teach middle school and it's true middle school is hard it's really hard can you, you know put the middle school in the african perspective or rather the ghanaian yeah. perspective what is middle school in ghana for example because i want people to understand yeah uh middle school in ghana will be before you go to um me, I don't know the system now. Okay, but so it was was secondary school. Secondary so, so, school. So that would be like the JSS one. JSS. So that's yeah. the junior secondary school one, two, three. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what they mean. Okay. So the yeah. age group will be like 12 to 14, 14 or and, um, mm. 11 mm. to. to. That's okay, the tough crowd. Right. Yeah, they are oh, tough. Yes. And mm. yes. So as a, an educator, what I, I normally do because in florida you know these kids are horrible i'm telling you everywhere mm -hmm. middle school kids are just they are horrible so when mm -hmm. these kids come from like haiti mm -hmm. the kids will be like oh hey the haitians they smell oh the... so i have a whole conversation i stopped teaching i have a whole conversation with the class mm -hmm. I, I i show them where haiti is i tell them a little bit about haiti i forget that i have to be teaching to the test at that point i'm like we're having this conversation Mm. And I let them understand where this mm. kid is from, mm. why he, he he shouldn't be, you know, being right. a Haitian is not a crime. Right. You know, so I had to talk to the students. I don't just sweep it under the, mm. uh, you know, the mat and say, don't say that. Mm. I, I do not like it when teachers just say, don't say that. Mm. And they don't correct. They don't have a conversation with the whole class. Mm. I do. I have a conversation with the whole class. Mm -hmm. I tell them a little bit about Haiti. I tell them what they're seeing on TV is not the whole Haiti. The accurate, like yeah. mm -hmm. When you come to Polk County, Juanita, we have a place here. You can see chicken running around and everything. That's not the whole Polk County, right? And then wow. they're like, oh, okay, right. So I make, you know, um, mm -hmm. comparisons for them to see that maybe something that they've seen on TV is not the whole human being. Wow. It's, it's not the whole child. So mm -hmm. yes. And I'll ask my African parents, when you bring your kids who are already mm -hmm. who are, are already established in Ghana mm -hmm. and they come here, listen to them, ask right. them questions. Sometimes mm -hmm. we parents, we don't know. Ah, you see, yeah. we are just thinking that we are giving them a better life. Right. And you, you, you know, you know, me, I used to walk to school. You, you have a school bus picking you up. Mm -hmm. That child, the trauma starts from the school bus. With mm -hmm. children, you know teasing and all that so we need to be aware of all these things if your kids tells you that in the school bus said don't don't tell your child because we're Ghanaians we are very you know respectful so would you come and just be quiet you yeah, know if you're quiet nobody will bother you it's not true it's not kids, true. when you're quiet is when they even bother you the more mm. so you know you need to listen and 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 you need to make you know you need to report it if your child is being teased don't be afraid at all go to the school and talk to them you mm -hmm. know so i want to wrap it up i know it's long we'll have the conversation again yes, but there's more to. about parenting and our kids you know like mm -hmm. she said i never thought of even sending my children to ghana when i was dragging them across state lines i'm mm -hmm. like hey we will sleep on the floor if we have to sleep on the floor so thank you so much for having us you know wow. talk about these things there's just a lot that is out there to talk about you know parenting as immigrants and mm. our children what they have to face yeah. here yeah. and how we can understand mm. and before we go i remember during the george floyd thing 
I had a book club. Um, so we read Cass, The Origins of Our Discontent. Yes. So I had this book club. And the reason why I had it, and I invited some of my African parents, were that we normally remove ourselves from the struggles here. Mm. But mm. what we forget mm. is our children our are from children are in India. We, they are going to be here. Our grandkids are going to be born here. So yeah. we, we, we turn blind eye. We don't want to talk about it. it it's so none of our important. business. So I had that. It was a long, I think we took the whole year to read the book because the conversations mm. were so good so, every Friday night. Mm. So get involved, get to know, you know, things that you live here. So you this need to your reality you now. Yes. Yes. So no, you yes. go to Ghana when you retire. We know that. Yes. You know, or, 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 you know, or, or you may never Nigeria, even go. Or Kenya. <laughs> yes. Or so, wherever it is you come from on the African continent. Yeah. You know, we, we are still connected, but please be involved here mm -hmm. and go vote. Today is yes. voting. It's please. Vote. I was about go to vote. say that. Go vote. You know, so that make your voice kids, heard. Grandkids yes. are going to be born here. So yes. please. Please get yeah. involved mm -hmm. and get to know what is going on in your communities. Yes. Okay. Learn about your community. Yes. Um, read about your community, the area where you're you're raising your kids, the area where they're going to school. Learn about that. Read about um, the educational system where sometimes it's just like a, a three minute difference between schools that would make the difference in your child's life mm -hmm. you know yeah. one city to another it doesn't work like that in ghana or nigeria or senegal or kenya or south africa because you know we you just choose where you want to go and even if it's from you know one um city to another you can just go that's how it works in ghana at least um you can't do that here. So learn that and just, you're here now, you're in America now. Learn all the dichotomies of, of, of the things that are happening in the area, especially as a parent. And don't just think that your kids are becoming discontent or that they should be grateful that they're in a new environment. It is very traumatic for them. I'm speaking for it from experience as a, child who went through that myself it's a very traumatic experience like Yehoda said kids are not nice they are <laughs> they are mean and i could tell you stories for days so i think this conversation was really uh, the opener when this is our opening act and we're gonna have to come back and kind of really hone in and take it like subject by subject, like just talk about the child and then just talk about the parent. So this is our opening act. We are on the top of the hour, two hours and going. So I'm going to just say thank you for coming. My dear, I see you. <laughs> oh, well, he's gone now. But thank you so much, guys, for being a part of this conversation. It's been very been educational. My favorite part was Yehoda's you know, twins just being a part of the environment, <laughs> yeah. um, ambience. Yes. Um, because it reminded me, I didn't necessarily have that with my mom. I couldn't just walk up to my mom and hug her. There was a whole ceremony about it. Okay. So <laughs> now, you know, so this this is like very, very focused to me. This is part of the conversation. Guys, we're just about to wrap up and we will let the, uh, the guests give us their last uh, their closing statements but before we do we always remember again that we're african and we like to patronize african community uh based stuff so 
for those of you that live here or even in Ghana, uh, there is where Ghana, there is, um, you know what I was talking about, MQF. MQF is music for your quality feed. Let me tell you, that's a whole family going on there, just like we're having here on To My Younger Self, music for your quality feed with Uncle Ekofisho. I call him Uncle Ekofisho. <laughs> and I think he just joined us, Uncle Eko. Yeah. He's joining now. <laughs> He's joining now. Let me tell you, yes, she is. And you missed some interesting conversations, Uncle Eko. You have to go back. But music for your quality feed every Sunday at 4 p.m. You should not miss it. It's It gives you a slice of home because there's people from different parts of the world but african joining in and dancing and just having a great time you do not want to miss it and uh we just learned the importance of community felt accepted um in in african circles right up until mqf do you even know what that means you have to be a part of that community um Humanity Chats by Margie Marge, Coa Designs, um, M Sims by Mabel Simpson, Ryle by Designs, um, right here, Nayak. Um, she's a Kenyan designer. I tell you, she does incredible designs. Avon Zige Bridal, Keys and Credo, Horseman Shoes, um, R&D Collection. There's so many Ghanaians and Africans all around America doing incredible things. Um, please, please, please. We're talking about being a community and helping each other. This is what To My Younger Self is. This is what storytelling is. Uh, of course, I forgot to mention the incredible book nookers, uh, Anare Damoa and Kofia Kagli of Book Nook. They're doing incredible things. Actually, this between November and December, what they're doing is doing a book drive schools in each region of Ghana, um, you know, for the Christmas. It's just something Book Nook is doing. So send your donations, send your contributions on the numbers uh, that are on the ticker right now to um, Nanawa. You know, when you live in a community and you're boxed in and you're not reading, you're really doing yourself harm. So let us open the brains of our children so that they can grow up and be a part of the conversation wherever they find themselves in the world. And the parents who brought their kids to different countries when they were older, please do not feel bad if you got off on the wrong foot. Just go back and cause correct. Okay. All right. With that being said, Dr. Viv, what is your closing statement? And then we'll go to Yehoda and we're closing. <laughs> My closing statement to uh, parents is to please, please, please be involved in your um, in your students' um, you know education path. Not only the education part, the sports, the drama, whatever they are in. If you can make it, I was a single parent, and there were so many times I couldn't be at two places because, like I said, I had two children, mm -hmm. right? But I created a community and I call them my village. Mm. I created it and I have white people in there, Ghanaians in there, African Americans in there. I have all kinds of people. I'm just a people person. Mm -hmm. So I had I have this group that will somebody will say, okay, I'm watching Crazy play and this is going on. And mm -hmm. they'll be sending me pictures mm -hmm. while I'm, at the, I'm supporting my other son mm -hmm. because I'm just one person. Right. Please do not be afraid 
to create a group. Mm. Even if you are married and maybe your husband is busy and you also have to make, you know, you have like three, four kids, please, please, please join a community. Just, just be part of the other group mm. so that your children can have, if, if I'm, if I'm not there and somebody can see my other friends, Abba, Jennifer, Melissa, anybody in, if my children see that person in the audience, they know, they know that mm. mom cannot be here, but auntie, so, so, and so everybody's auntie, you know, mm. so, 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 and so was there. So please create that community to support your kids mm. so that if, when you, you are not alone, especially we Africans, you know, you come to a place and you are alone and you feel alone. Yes. Don't, don't, don't feel like that. Feel Try and have a group of friends to become your village to support mm. you. Okay. Mm. So that's what I'll leave with my African parents. Please support your kids, no matter what, stand up for them, go to the schools, talk to the teachers. Immediately the teacher called you, don't start yelling at them. Uh, me, I'm not saying I don't yell. I'm just saying, don't start yelling. Listen to their side of the story, put it together. You know your child best. Mm. And then you take it from there. Mm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yehoda. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> um, well, you can just say, listen, guys, have I'm a wonderful a parent. day. I'm a parent. Yes. <laughs> have a wonderful day. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> the, um, I don't know. The, don't, um, don't be so Ghanaian that your kids have to always be humble to mm. other people. Yes. You know, um, I think I, I, I believe that we should just teach our children to be proud as a person, even though I'm not saying proud, like, you know, pride comes before the downfall in the Bible proud, but be proud of who you are as a person, regardless of, you know, who you are. Mm. Um, my kids, like I say, I give them things because you know, they're young. Well, not, when kids are young, they may not know what to say. They may not know what to do. So, like, I gave my daughter the thing. If they call you skinny, you call them fat. If they don't like it, then they leave you alone. You know, whatever. The same thing with my boys. Because we, we always want to be, oh, you can't be violent. You can't right. be this. If they're being violent to you, yeah. you're not going to sit there and tolerate their, you know, just because we're, we, we're Ghanaians and we should be this and humble. No. Meet them. My My biggest thing, and it might not be right, but it works for me and my kids, so I can't you know, that's why it's hard for me to give a closing statement about kids to other people. But mine, you meet them where they stand. Okay. You know, so that's what I always say. You meet them where they stand. We, I don't believe in, I'm going to be humble and it's going to go away. It's not going to go away. You know, children, yeah. you go through stuff. And like you say, if you're quiet, they're going to target you. Yeah. So I will tell my son, if someone wants to fight, stand up. Let them know that you will give them a heart. You might not win every fight, but you're going to be in that battle with them. Like they're not going to have an easy day. Mm -hmm. So with me, you know, be proud of who you are. Let people see who you are. And you, you're not everyone's cup of tea. I know I'm not, you know, whatever. So I'm not everyone's cup of tea. You won't be everyone's cup of tea, but you're going to be a cup of tea. You know, you're not going to be tea. Because they, yeah, they want tea. So mm -hmm. be who you are. Stand in who you are. And be proud of you are. And at the end of the day, we got the red, gold, green flag. We're going to wave it. Hey, <laughs> with the black star. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I don't know. I, you know, just, you know, if you, if you, if you 
I think the basic um, of all of us, you know, if you can tell yourself. Uh oh. Well, I think we lost you over there for a few minutes, but. Um, mm -hmm. All right. Am I back? You're back now. Yes. Right. It's like if, if you say. Okay. It looks like uh, we, we're going to just attempt to close and. Um, okay. All right. You had those times that you had fear, you know, you had uncertainty. You didn't have someone to tell you it's going to be okay. You know, you didn't have someone to tell you, you can do this, you know, and it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to fall down. You'll get back up and the end is going to be okay. You know, however it's going to be. So I feel that we as parents, that's what we should, you know, teach them because Personally, I'm tired of all this. You have to be humble. You have to be quiet. Don't say anything. When they say this, it'll be, no, it won't be okay. You know, sometimes you have to do what you have to do to get where you need to be. Mm -hmm. So I feel that that's the basic, that's the basic like if we okay. all had that, mm -hmm. you know, growing up, yeah. we're not going to be the best person. And like I said, everyone is not going to love you. You know, a lot of people won't even like you, but if you can stand in who you are, yeah you won't have to sit down. I mean, you, everyone's going to have regrets, but you won't have to sit there and be like, you know, I, I, I wish I hadn't. I wish I had done this. Yeah. 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 So, I, I get what you're saying. Like teaching them how to advocate for themselves. Advocate for yourself. Thank you so much. Zoe. Wow. This has been an incredible time, guys. Um, we're not, I don't have any closing statements. I was just a moderator. You're a humble, humble moderator. <laughs> My name is Zoe Baraka. We've been in the studio with, of course, Dr. Vivian Yako-Newton and Yehoda Adofio. It has been an incredible conversation. Let's keep the conversation going. If you want to, uh, and, and I didn't ask you guys this, but if anyone in the audience just wanted to kind of reach out in one way or another to our guest, reach out to me and we'll find a way to facilitate a conversation just between the two of you because you know they've been there they've done that they're still doing it and they can help you okay this is why we're doing this it's to my younger self next week we're doing something incredible we're not going to be telling you what but just come on and you will have fun as always guys it has been an incredible incredible conversation i didn't get a chance to read all the comments in the comment section but i now understand why a black american teacher told my son to hit his bully then that bully will stop because the bully you will know that you mm. if you get an easy win they're going to keep trying to get an easy yes, win right but if you have to struggle mm. before you get that win you might not want to win so i hit you back and yes yes guys we'll be back and we're gonna definitely make this happen again with yahoda and doctor <laughs> it's probably you. gonna be like a quarterly thing now because yeah. you know it's gotta happen my name is zoe baraka Thank you so much for joining us and to my younger self. And we will see you next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful time. Bye-bye.
Thank you.